0: Welcome back to the Jam Bass Podcast. I'm Nate Todd and Jam Bass is a partner of Osiris Media, the podcast network for music. This episode features my interview with Sean and Sarah Watkins of Watkins Family Hour. I spoke to the siblings at this year's High Sierra Music Festival about their new album, Volume 2, and much more. We'll hear that interview in just a moment, but first, let's hear about the sponsor of this episode.
1: This episode is sponsored by Psychedelic Art Exchange. Psychedelic Art Exchange is the premier source to buy, sell, and learn about vintage concert posters. Explore decades worth of exciting collectible concert art from the 1960s to the modern day, featuring the Grateful Dead, Fish, and many more of your favorite bands and artists. Be on the lookout for Jambase's four part series detailing the history of concert posters, and head over to
0: ConcertPosterGallery.com to explore their expanding online store or to bid on vintage rarities in one of their twice monthly auctions. Happy collecting! once again i'm nate todd and i'm coming to you from denver colorado today and um of course the uh, big thing that was going on here over labor day weekend was um fish's traditional run at dick's sporting goods park um in commerce city just outside of denver and uh of course this year they stepped it up to a four-night run um which definitely kind of gave it, um, you know, an air of sort of maybe entering a new era, um, whether they decide to keep doing that or not. Um, but you know, all in all, it was another great, uh, Dick's run. Um, you know, I think the first thing that jumped out uh, for me was how energetic it was. Um, you know, it, it seemed like they kind of just put their foot on the gas and didn't really, didn't really let up for the, for all four nights. Um, and, and they just sounded great. They sounded, uh, well-rehearsed and, and tight and um you know they always usually have something special in store for dicks and um you know this year was no different um they sort of kept um sort of the trend of you know maybe the past couple of tours of sort of having um you know interesting song placements um i think um you know at one point there was there was i think they had a first tube opener um which was interesting and um and, uh, also a say it to me, Santos, I think second set opener, um, which are, you know, those two songs are usually closers was just one example. Um, I think, uh, you know, as usual, they, they had some, you know, special bust outs playing for Dicks. Um, they did a uh, thunderhead, um, which was, I think the, uh, a song from round room. Um, and they hadn't played it since about that album came out. I think it was like 2003. Um, and of course the, uh, the Iculus, um, and the encore, uh, uh, which was dedicated to a uh, crew member PI who was retiring, um, was, was definitely very special. So all in all, a great run. And um, if you'd like to uh, check it out in a little bit more detail, visit Jam Bases Fish, the skinny hub for recaps, set lists and other information regarding the shows at Dick's and the rest of the tour. Speaking of seeing live music, Into the Sun starts tomorrow, Friday, September 9th at Soundcheck Studios in Pembroke, Massachusetts. Jam Base and Boston's own neighbor will present into the sun on September 9th through September 11th neighbor will perform in three unique configurations with special guests, including a performance Friday, September 9th by the nine piece neighbor nine into the sun will also feature performances by Jennifer Hartswick, the Nth power club Delph Natalie Cressman and Ian Facchini, and duo Chrome visit into the sun 2022.com for complete details and to purchase tickets. We hope you can join us this weekend to go see live music. All right, now on to my interview with Sarah and Sean Watkins of Watkins Family Hour. Their album Volume 2 is out now and it's just a great album, but um when I sat down with them um at High Sierra Music Festival this year, um you know, they're, they it, they I think they had one single out and um you know, I I'd been kind of listening to that single on repeat. It was a cover of Tunyards um Hypnotized and um you know, quite frankly, I was hypnotized by it. It was, it was a great song. Um, I, you know, and it, it kind of got me into the original as well by tune yards. And, um, you know, so, uh, when we sat down, uh, we did the, we did the interview at, uh, camp jam base at, uh, on site at high Sierra, um, in our RV. And, um, it was just really a, a pleasure to sit down with Sarah and Sean and sort of talk to them about the new album, which, um, you know, sees them reflecting a little bit on um their time at um the famed uh club Largo, which was pretty much where uh Watkins Family Hour began um 20 years or so ago. And um when they would have some time off from um touring with Nickel Creek, which Sarah and Sean are two-thirds of, of Nickel Creek, uh, along with Chris Teeley, um, you know, they would kind of convene at Largo um, you know, with their musician friends and um uh, volume two is, is sort of a, uh, you know, uh, honoring that time um, when Watkins family are began and also a reflection on that time. And, um, you know, it was just great to sort of um, sit down and chat about the album and chat about, um, you know, where they recorded it. They recorded at the famed um, East West studios in Los Angeles and um, just sort of get their thoughts on, um, you know, bringing in a lot of those guests that they, they played with, um, at Largo, um, you know, guests like Fiona Apple, Jackson Brown, Madison Cunningham, Lucius, uh, Gabby Moreno, uh, Benmont Tench of, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and, and more. Um, so, you know, it was great to hear how they sort of, um, tailor made the song selection, uh, in a way around, um, their guests and how their guests sort of influenced, um, the album, um, which is out now and is a great album. i highly recommend it. And, um, here's my interview with Sarah and Sean Watkins, which we'll lead into with a bit of thanks a lot from, uh, Watkins family, our volume two. So that Hey, I'm here with uh, Sean and Sarah Watkins. We're here at High Sierra Music Festival. How are you guys doing?
2: Doing great.
0: Yeah, doing good. Awesome, awesome. Very cool. Um, so I, you know, you guys have a new album coming out, Volume Two. I kind of wanted to just kind of jump in and talk about that a little bit. Um, so you guys, it kind of sees you guys reflecting on Largo and and sort of where you guys started. Watkins family are.
2: Yeah, family yeah. hour. Um, family hour started for us twenty years ago and we realized that we wanted to commemorate it in some way and it felt like this record was was the right way
1: yeah mm. yeah we've uh, we've been doing it for 20 years as a as a residency a monthly residency at this really great um it used to be a club used to be like a, a like a pub basically like 125 mm. people and now it's a a small theater holds mm. about 260 but um there's a really great scene of musicians and comedians that that you know is built around this this particular club and there's a lot of interacting a lot of uh, it. The, the whole idea is just to get people to to play with new people and try new co- collaboration yeah. and um trying new things <clears throat> and um and so it's it's really facilitated us meeting a ton of people that we still now play with and and love and um and so, yeah, this this record is sort of a celebration of that through the years, um, kind of highlighting a lot of people that started playing with us, you know, back in 2001, 2002, uh, and then people that we've met along the way, and then newer people, too.
0: Very cool. Very yeah. cool. And um, you guys, so how, how did you guys kind of go about selecting the songs, like, um, for, for the album? And, and how did that, how did sort of like, you know, your experience at Largo sort of influence well- that?
2: we i mean kind of continuing off what sean was just talking about the the reason we started the family hour was it was um early 2000s and nickel creek was doing a ton of touring we were touring three weeks on one week off like year round Mm. and that was great for 20 year olds (laughs) yeah and but and and but um in that week that we had at home sean and i found ourselves wanting to just play songs that we grew up with, you know, just like the stuff that felt like it was part of our roots, part of our foundation. Mm -hmm. And that's what we built the family hour off of. And as we got to be a part of that community that Sean was talking about, we'd, you know, learn songs that other people from other people's repertoires and, and things that would be fun hypothetically to do with this crazy combination of players. (laughs) And we learned from all of them and, um and all of, all of, those things informed the material that we chose and how the material developed over the last couple of decades and so the what we ended up choosing for volume two is um a a few songs that have been around basically since the beginning of the family hour it's all covers but but songs that that we've been playing um from the beginning and then uh as well as a few from from the middle stages and then a couple that that we just worked up this last year and we wanted to involve guests as much as possible who would or at least draw on guests who have been a big part of the family hour over yeah. that time as well so we
1: yeah like you know what one of the songs uh that we have on there is called um uh, remember me i'm the one who loves you and the band on that is is a lot of the original people ben Tench plays piano um greg lease plays uh pedal steel um Gabe and then Witcher. Gabe Witcher, who is a old friend of ours, incredible fiddle player. Um, Fiona Apple singing harmony on it. And um, Sebastian Steinberg playing bass, amazing bass player. Been playing with us for a long, long time, 12 years maybe. Um, and Griffin Goldsmith. And Griffin Goldsmith from Dawes, uh, the drummer. <clears throat> and um, so that song in particular is kind of a, a, a nod to the to earlier, earlier times. And all those people still play with us every now and then. Um, but the Watkins family hours it's, it's Sarah and I at the core, but then there, there's a, a kind of evolving group around us that changes depending on who's in town, who's on tour, who's moved away, who's moved to town. It kind of, it's, and that's what, that's what's kept us going for 20 years is that it's always changing and always a new challenge. It, it's, it's a new challenge. And, you know, you have to learn songs you would never have learned before play with people, play styles that you would never play before. Play, would never play otherwise um, and so because of that that challenge it's just it's stayed this living thing
2: mm-hmm. i always
0: i read that you guys um sort of um maybe like tailor made the arrangements for some of the guests or you know you just had some of the guests in mind how did you sort of go about shooting, knowing you know who for would sure play i mean
2: the, the album starts with a zombies song called the way i feel inside that we uh, arranged with lucius and um and it, it it turned into we didn't really know exactly how we wanted to arrange it because we wanted their input, and and it ended up being a little bit like um, duets, duetting, where um, Lucius and where where Sean and I start in harmony, and then Lucius have a thing in harmony. Holly and of, Jess, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, from the band Lucius, yeah,
2: and uh, and so that's an example of an arrangement that's definitely wouldn't have happened with any other with any other collaborators.
1: But yeah, it's one thing that's really fun is, is, you know, on a, on a monthly basis when we're doing our residency, we'll, you know, maybe a week or two before we'll sort of send out, a, you know, set of the, the bat signal essentially yeah. to see who's around. I mean, you know? be,
2: be honest. It's like a week before at best. It's usually yeah. like two days before sometimes. Yeah. Who,
1: yeah sometimes <laughs> it gets away from us and we're like, shoot, we have a show in three days. Who's around? And we'll we'll text a bunch of people and see who's who's around and then from there we sort of will curate the the song list and the arrangements and everything based on on the band and the guests that are there sometimes it's a band that's like really great at country stuff you know uh or like a country swing or maybe it's a band that's um that can do pretty much anything or you know or it can do more jazzy type stuff and so we will pick the songs and sort of create the show based on that.
2: Yeah. So to answer Mm -hmm. your question, the guests totally dictate the arrangement. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And there are are songs that, that for the longest time, um, when we had very little consistency within the band members, a lot of the qualification for songs that we could do, the family hour songs would be, um, the the songs had to have a simple enough form that we could talk, either talk them through very quickly before playing the song or Sean could, Sean could like walk him through the chords. Shout as, out the chords as you know, we're playing. As I sang. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like any of the song Sean sang had to be pretty, pretty, um, well understood beforehand because he wouldn't be able to like lead them that way. Um, and I, uh, so, but over the years, the material has changed and we've had different musicians be more or less consistent for chunks of time. So at this point, we have a pretty big repertoire that we can draw on if any one of those players is is nearby
0: right very cool very cool
2: if i feel that i could be
0: certain then
2: i would say the things i want to say tonight
0: so till i can see that you really care for me on and so when you guys you guys recorded it uh, east west right mm-hmm. um had you guys worked there before how did you select uh, that studio
1: um well there's a there's one particular room it's actually i think the smallest room at the studio studio three which is um which is where pet sounds was made and famously mm-hmm. it was made there and um there's a lot of really famous pictures from it and um i can't our, our producer we had a co-producer tyler chester and I think he brought it up. I think he thought it would be really fun. And, you know, there's a lot of historic studios in L.A. And um, I had never recorded in that room. I've worked at that studio, but there's, you know, it's kind of a complex. Um, you know, getting into a recording studio at all these days is is a real pleasure. Because, because you know, because budgets have gone down, a lot of people are, have home studios. I have one. And, and so you end up doing... a a lot of work there but for a project like this we needed to be in a in a proper room um and so yeah we were delighted to get to to, you know to work there and it's one of those places you you step into and you you feel it it, the room sort of makes you up up your game because yeah because it's such a historic place and you feel the 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 old sort of the the ghosts of musical greatness that have have been made there
2: i think everybody all the musicians when you walk in there's this there's this moment where like even the, even the players who've been there a lot they yeah. walk in and they just kind of pause and look around yeah. Yeah. Because, and I think what I imagine them seeing is what I see, which is like I imagine like that's where Carol Kay was. that's where that's where mm-hmm. this is how the band was set up in that room. And it's it's like a it's like a monument. It's a musical yeah. monument yeah. in that room
1: Or you know for for people like Ben Montancher and Greg Lee who've been doing sessions in, in Los Angeles for the last 40 years. They walk in and probably think, oh, wow, I made that's where I was sitting when I played on that Joni Mitchell album or, you know, things like that. So if you know, they walk in, and I, I imagine it's like going back to your old college or something. And it's uh-huh. like, wow, there's a lot of memories here. You wow. know, Very cool. for, th- for them, you know, for us, it's newer. <laughs>
0: You guys uh cut it in like three days right
2: hmm yeah, yeah. We, a, a couple of people that weren't around in our window who we really wanted to get on this record madison cunningham wasn't in town mm-hmm. when we did that original thing so we um we had we recorded her part in a different space but but like 95 percent of the album was was made there
1: yeah it, you know it's mm-hmm. it, it's rooms like that even though they're small they're they're acousti- designed to acoustically accommodate a lot of people and if you have an engineer that really knows what they're doing, which we did um, in David Boucher, you know, we had we had eight people on multiple songs recordings, you know, so this is we're all sitting pretty close to each other, can hear each other. I don't I think we didn't even have headphones, um, which is we were that close, which
2: I'm is, like, you know, wow. very, a, a very normal setup for for all of us if we're rehearsing. But it gets very complicated when you record because of phasing issues and and needing everything to bleed and and bleed which can be great and can be super complicated and um and we had that pedal steel in there with the amp and it and david Boucher is a magician and knows all about the science of sound that is necessary information (laughs) if you're going to make it work like that and um very few people know how to do that now Mm -hmm. like sean was saying
1: yeah he's it's a really special special talent to have because you don't really have to have it these days most people do you know records on their laptops at home with a little screen you know and um so for someone to have that skill it's a it's a skill from the old days that that's pretty impressive that's great
0: that's great um and you guys have one you guys have a single out um Hypnotize the Two Yard song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and I read that you guys were you guys kind of discovered that when you were on tour. Um mm-hmm. do you do you remember like how you came across that song and
2: I think I was the first one to, to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I'm, i think I just I follow uh, Meryl Garbus from Two Yards on Instagram and I think I saw the video and and just started listening to the song I showed it to the to the guys on tour um that yeah. day you know
1: we're driving around you're driving around on on tour in a in a sprinter van and one of us has you know we you sort of take turns djing you know mm-hmm. and Sarah was in the front and I was sitting in the back seat and our tour manager was driving and she played a song she played that song their version of it and at the end, I was like, I'm sorry, who, what was that? It was because it's a wild song. Uh-huh. It's very, you know, her singing is incredible. The arrangement is just so manic, but really beautiful. And um, it, I was just like, man, that is, that is crazy. And then we listened to it again. And we ended up listening to it every day. And then
2: it's just, it's just not very common that you want to listen to a song twice in a row. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or that yeah. we want to listen to a song. I feel like it's, it's difficult to be caught off guard that much, and also intrigued by something so quickly, um, that you want to hear it again. And and we kept going back to it every couple of days, listening yeah. to it again. And and that was a really fun thing. I hadn't done that with a song for a long time.
1: You know, there, there's a couple of ways for us of learning new songs. One is like uh, for "Remember Me," I'm the one that loves you. That's sort of like an obvious, easy that's a great song for us to do. Sarah so will kill it. We, we our band can play that style, you know, that's it's up our
2: They can right they up, can swing and shuffle they, like yeah, nobody's business. Swing it. and
1: shuffle, this is a slam dunk. And then there are songs where you're like should we try that <laughs> you know and that was one of them it just seemed so outside of what our normal wheelhouse is and and that that made us want to to find our way into it and which reason, took a little while and
2: the reason we actually went for it was because we we had a show coming up where the band was going to be Matt Chamberlain mm-hmm. on drums and was it Elizondo or who was playing bass? I can't remember
1: who was playing but but the the drummer on uh whoever plays drums on the Tune Yards version sounds like they listen to Matt Chamberlain a lot you know, like Matt is, is an unbelievably, you know, at this point, he's kind of starting to become a legend. Um, yeah. And, but so a lot of people play like him and, and we were like, man, it'd be so fun to have him play on a song where it sounds like someone was trying to play like him because it wasn't him on the record. And, um, and then he ended up not being able to make the show. And, uh, our friend Gabe Witcher, um, Came and there were some percussion things around, and he ended up playing something very simple because he's not really a drummer, and that changed how I played my guitar part, and then everything morphed into the way it is now. Yeah. So that's that's kind of how the version on the record came up came about.
0: Gotcha. And then on the on the record, you have uh, Griffin Goldsmith on drums mm-hmm. and um, Sebastian Steinberg, Steinberg on, yeah. on bass, mm-hmm. and um... of the band oh. Soul Coughing, and 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 back in the day in Soul Coughing, but
1: uh, you know played in tours with a lot of people he's out with. Mandy Moore or was um and uh yeah he, he he gets around yeah but
2: Sean uh you forgot the part of making Hypnotize where um we had a pretty good version of it but it wasn't super magic yet and then we showed up to record it and Sean just pulled out of his back pocket he was like he was messing around with this like pattern
1: well I did it, I did it that morning because I realized we were you know, sometimes we head into to recording sessions with a pretty good idea what we're gonna do, but not exactly. The Watkins family hour, I should say. And um, and we but I woke up that morning and I was like, I don't think the song is quite ready. It needs something else. And so I just made up a little guitar, the the guitar line that happens in the in the first and second verse. And um, I knew that if I It's did the intro, that,
2: too. It's like yeah, the intro yeah. Yeah.
1: and it kind of has a circular pattern of that's almost in three. And I knew that if the band played solid over that, especially drums, that it would sound pretty cool. And Griffin plays like almost like a, it's like a hip hop kind of thing. Yeah. And Sebastian's that's in his wheelhouse, too. So it ended up being this weird mix of like uh,
0: yeah,
1: kind of a hip hop feel over this folky thing yeah. and really fun.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. That great rhythm section. And yep. yeah, and I really like that. That that guitar part is great. And Sarah, you sound great. You. It? I, I, I like it's 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 interesting that you guys said you listened because I I listened I actually hadn't heard the original I listened to you guys mm-hmm. version I listened to the original and I mean like both of them I I know exactly how you feel like I wanted to listen like over and over yeah, again awesome. you know yeah The yeah. harmonies yeah. and like the way she sings it's like an acrobat yeah, it's like? She, yeah
2: she is an acrobat it's yeah. crazy.
0: Like on the chorus, the, your breathing techniques have to be like pretty, you know, pretty it's, good, right? It is
2: serious. Yeah. I, I watched, uh, she was doing some, she was uh, showing on, on social media some of the warm ups that she was doing to get back in shape for tour. And it was really interesting. Yeah. And it's super acrobatic. Like the, the stuff that she does to get her body in shape to actually do. Her songs are so hard to sing. And uh, to be able to do that song after song after song on stage is a real feat.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's great. I really liked how I dug it. I, so, you guys, you know, you mentioned a lot of these songs have been in your rep- repertoire for a while. Are, are you kind of adding some more in in your, yeah. in your live shows? And- I mean,
1: every every show we do, we have to learn new songs.
0: Right. You every know? White Consumer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, okay. it, a lot of times it's, okay. a, of times it,
1: it's uh, a song of ours that we, we have talked about that we, we thought we want to learn. You know, it's like it's in our back pocket. Like, mm-hmm. hey, we a new try, song. We should try this. Yeah, we should try this song at some point. A new song. Yeah. Um, a new cover. And then, and then a lot of times we'll invite, you know, two or three guests and they'll send songs of theirs that they want to try. You know, a lot of times it's a new one that they just wrote and they send a demo. So we're learning their songs.
2: When we do a lot of family hour, it's, uh, it's we, like we, we host it and then we'll, ha- we usually have two or three guests, sometimes more, but usually it's like two or three guests.
1: And each guest has two songs.
2: And a lot of times they'll do one by themselves and one with us. So okay. that's. That's like a couple of songs that we learn, and then we try and bring a couple new things as well. So that's, uh, again, part of what makes it feel alive. And um, and when we go on tour, it's it's really fun to incorporate that when we can. Um, for instance, here at High Sierra, we're going to have some friends sit in with us um, and, uh, and, you know, have that, that festival kind of collaboration. It's not a super unique thing to do at festival, especially like here, because... So many musicians, some of the bands know each other and love each other, and um, but it's it's something that uh, that is a really a real delight to get to do. And at festivals, you get to run into friends, and it's a it's a it's silly not to take advantage of it. And on tour, we we um, we we try and, and tour with openers who we can collaborate with and who can collaborate with us, and and keep it keep it. Um, interesting like that. It makes it more fun for us. And I think the audience uh, enjoys it as well.
0: Right on, right on. And you guys, um, I'm sure you guys are, you guys got a pretty busy summer schedule. You guys got some shows coming up and-
1: In the fall, yeah. we, we start touring. Okay. Um, uh, there's like four kind of main legs. There's one in September, mid-September, and there's one in mid-October, and then there's one in mid-November and early December. Um, <clears throat> we start on the East Coast and we work our way west okay and we'll have we'll have um people with us there'll be some some band It'll and again really a, a guest vocalist different for each each tour
0: great well i'm really looking forward to you guys sets here and to see you guys out on the road Thanks. and awesome thank you so much for talking with me i really appreciate it guys happy to be here yeah thank you thank you, you. Sing loud while you're here. episode of the jam bass podcast thanks to everyone out there for listening thanks to sarah and sean for taking the time to talk with us it was such a pleasure speaking with them uh, be sure to check out their excellent new album volume two which is out now wherever you get your music thanks to our sponsor psychedelic art exchange thanks also to jake alexander for helping produce this episode we'll be back soon with another jam based podcast episode take care of each other out there and go see live music